healthcare organizations are becoming more aware that a vendor security posture is, is vital to the healthcare organization's survival as well. So more and more security is becoming a value differentiator in, in purchasing decisions for healthcare organizations. Hi, I'm Marianne Bohr with HIMSS. Today I'm sitting down with Britton Burton, Senior Director of Product Strategy at Metatology. And we'll be talking about solving third-party risk management in healthcare. And before we start, I'd like to say thank you to Metatology for sponsoring this podcast. Britton, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about how third-party risk in healthcare has changed over the last decade? I think there are really three big things that have changed, and that's the number of vendors, the sophistication of threats, and then the general awareness in the healthcare ecosystem that third-party risk is, is actually a challenge that, that truly needs to be solved. So I'll, uh, I'll go a little deeper into each one of those. So first of all, the, the number of vendors in the healthcare ecosystem is, is absolutely higher than ever before. Um, the average healthcare provider uh, has well over a thousand vendors under contract, and larger entities have have many, many more than that. That number is only going up as the technology revolution continues in healthcare. And overwhelmingly, these vendors store and process PHI, or have remote access into the network, or they are attaching assets to the network. So this means that scale is a major, major issue. You know, many providers have found that they they simply can't keep up with requirements to conduct thorough, accurate risk assessments for this number of vendors, particularly not at the pace of business. So that's one. Uh, Next, the sophistication of threats. Uh, As the number of vendors with this sensitive data and access increases, then so too do the number of attack paths. And bad actors have have definitely taken note. Uh, You know, why compromise a single health system when you can compromise a vendor who services 50 health systems? And, And we're definitely seeing that shift happen. Um, attacks on third parties have increased significantly over the past two years. Uh, 55% of healthcare organizations say they've experienced a third-party data breach in the past year. Uh, I think in the past month or, or quarter, that's probably even even higher percentage. Uh, and then, of course, fourth-party risk adds you know even more complexity into the equation. And then finally, the third thing, uh, the healthcare ecosystem recognizing the importance of third-party risk um, you know, it's, it's a key problem that is, is on the minds of boards and leaders and security leaders. But so far, we've, we've kind of we've failed to solve it very well. Less than half of hospitals are, are, are confident in their current approach to third party cybersecurity. Sixty percent say that vendor risk assessments are pulling valuable resources away from from other critical security tasks. Um, the vast majority of, of healthcare organizations are not even confident that they have a comprehensive inventory of, of all the third parties that they do business with or that access their systems. Um, and then there's also this evolving recognition that there's a gap between, you know, what security practitioners gather in terms of operational assessment data and the actual strategic board level insights about true operational risk management for the company. Uh, so ultimately, I think the industry is beginning to realize that third party risk management is broken and a different approach is needed. And, you know, honestly, that realization might be the biggest change of all over the last decade. Well, it sounds like healthcare organizations are overwhelmed by third-party risk. What's the vendor side of the experience like? That's one of the most interesting things about this whole topic. Um, healthcare organizations are not the only ones feeling this pain. 
it is it is absolutely a shared experience. Um, vendors are just as overwhelmed as healthcare organizations are due to the wide range of, of security due diligence expectations from the different customers that they uh, interact with and the administrative nightmare of, you know, of organizing against all of those different requirements they face from one client engagement to the next. You know, the lack of consistency across potential customers means that vendors also have to hire staff and buy technology solely for the sake of responding to security inquiries. And those are time and resource investments that could be better spent on achieving, you know, well-accepted third-party assurances um, like trusted certifications and, and routine pen tests and remediation, or even better on strategically planning and implementing a well-thought-out security roadmap, which would, you know, move the entire market uh, towards a more secure future. And so for the vendors who do take the time and effort to achieve these third-party assurances, another headache they have is, is um, they're often frustrated by dealing with healthcare organizations who don't alter their due diligence process any, even when offered full transparency into the third-party assurance the vendor has obtained. Meaning, it's great that you went and got a high trust cert or you have an ISO cert. Now here's my 300 question questionnaire. And so that that frustrates vendors too, right? They, they, they don't enjoy that. <laughs> um, and, and all of this inconsistency increases complexity and as you all know, you know, greater complexity pretty much always winds up introducing greater risk and more opportunities for things to go wrong. So it's, it's a very frustrating process from the vendor side as well. I, I come from the, pre, uh, the healthcare org side and, and tend to think of my point of view first and foremost, but the, the vendors are just as frustrated. Um, and we think one huge way to make it easier on all parties is to come together as an industry to set clear expectations up front for the security evidence that vendors need to provide in order to be considered suitable for contracting and to approach this like a true partnership between vendor and, and healthcare organization. Well, that doesn't sound like a way to handle it. Now, you've touched on this before, but how is third-party risk different for healthcare versus other sectors? Yeah, so I, I think this is a really important question. And if you're a security practitioner who has worked in other sectors, I would love to hear why you either agree or disagree with this if you've now gotten some healthcare experience. But you know, first and foremost, I think most industry studies still agree that, that PHI is, is the most valuable data type on the black market because of you know, the richness of the data set in terms of personal identifiers that can be used for all manner of fraud. Um, but on top of that, the, the technology explosion in healthcare has resulted in more players with access to that valuable data. And, you know, as with most technology revolutions, um, Groundbreaking innovation and, and speed to market are really what is driving the bus and security tends to lag behind. And I think you see that trend repeated over and over again in, in pretty much any technology revolution. We just happen to be in not probably the early to middle stages of that revolution in healthcare. So we're right in the midst of this period where the data has exploded, but the security is still immature. And then in the midst of that immaturity, um, the, the nature of healthcare itself presents one of the most diversified technology ecosystems that you'll find in, in any sector. Um, you know, every unit of a hospital has highly specialized medical equipment for that specific unit that is uh, network connected and increasingly integrated with health, health applications for data sharing and efficiency. And, and we have all the complications of Operational technology, industrial control systems, Internet of Things, medical device, on top of the more general, uh, quote unquote, IT security issues, you know, 
applications and network and wireless and, of course, cloud, everything moving to the cloud on top of it. And, and all that is rolled into one environment. So I can't really imagine another sector that has as much complexity and diversity in just trying to understand what your attack surface is. And when we as defenders you know, can't see what to defend, we're not going to win. I mean, that, that's rule 101. You read it in you know, 10 articles a week, right? It starts with visibility. Um, and so bad actors have an intensified motivation to go after an attack service that is expanding rapidly and is largely poorly secured relative to other technology verticals because of all this um, complexity and proliferation of, of, of unique uh, devices and technologies. And then finally, on top of all that, the healthcare space has its own set of unique clinical implications that, that have to be considered when dealing with matters of cybersecurity and privacy. Uh, you know, the ethos of the medical field is to prioritize patient care above all else, and, and rightly so. No one would, would ever argue with that approach. However, that mindset does create a, a very interesting dynamic when you're dealing with decisions of functionality versus security and uh, dealing with decisions of, you know, where to deploy human and financial resources that, that I think just a lot of industries don't face. Well, building on that, what areas do you think represent the greatest vulnerability in healthcare? Interestingly, it's, it's really the, the top areas of technology investment in healthcare, which I think, I think kind of reflects my comment earlier about the, uh, the pace of change and, and any technology revolution, how security tends to lag behind. Um, so it's the investment in healthcare are, are uh, also the areas of, of uh, greatest vulnerability. So there's categories like telehealth, which uh, rose, you know, fifty uh, percent or more from pre-pandemic levels. Uh, remote patient monitoring, as staffing issues have uh, certainly uh, hit the healthcare industry hard. Every industry, but but healthcare in particular, um, that that has grown exponentially since 2020. Um, distributed cloud, we, we touched on it earlier. Of course, uh, a lot of industries doing that. Healthcare is is no stranger to the distributed cloud uh, growth, and that's a top priority for digital leaders and and you know business leaders because of the cost savings that, that it enables. Um, artificial intelligence and analytics. You know there are a lot of um, things being tied to reimbursement on care models and data, um, and treatment options tied to analytics and data. And that is only going to continue to grow at a massive annual growth rate. And then health IoT, a really interesting space that is, is different than sort of traditional medical devices, um, but still very viable and very network connected uh, with more and more bedside care devices kind of blurring that line between IoT and, and traditional medical devices. So all of these areas of digital investment are crucial to shaping the future of patient care and enabling healthcare to tap into new operational efficiencies, but, but they also represent new touch points all across the healthcare system from third parties and cutting edge technologies. So that means, to me, that means two things, data and access sprawl. And that all comes together into risk sprawl. But the heightened propensity of these technologies to introduce risk doesn't mean healthcare shouldn't invest in them. Of course, we have to. We have to find ways to be more efficient um, with, with what we're doing in the healthcare space. It just means that healthcare's approach to TPRM needs to solve the heart of the problem, uh, you know, achieving velocity and validation that are needed to identify and manage these digital risks at scale. So how are you seeing TPRM enter the boredom discussion on cyber risk? Another interesting 
point of the evolution, I think, of, of cybersecurity leadership. Um, cyber risk has been a pressing topic. General cyber risk, right, has been a pressing topic in the boardroom for, for several years now. And in my opinion, at most places, the days of a CISO begging for attention or time with the C-suite or the board are mostly behind us. I'm, there are certainly going to be exceptions to that, but I think that's um, a yesteryear problem for the most part. However, the role that our dependence on third parties plays in our own cyber risk posture, and then our increase in exposure due to that reliance on those third parties, I think that's a relatively new concept in those executive level meetings. And we're, and we're just starting to see the maturity and the antenna go up about, oh, this is sort of a different angle on talking about our own cyber, cyber risk posture, right? So it's, it's well understood that a, a single breach at your own organization, you know, within your program, uh, can cost millions of dollars in direct costs and even more in lost trust over the lifetime of an organization. But non-security leaders are only recently becoming aware that the exact same impacts from a third party's breach or an extended downtime of that third party can have just as much of a, of a, a negative impact on your organization, on the healthcare organization. So I, I really can't think of a single issue outside of actual care delivery that has a greater impact on the modern healthcare organization. And that's impacted TPRM in several ways. Um, you know, first, the, the risk awareness entering the boardroom has resulted in a slightly different lens on risk-related decisions. Um, healthcare organizations are increasingly focused on prioritizing their vendors based on the level of risk they present, the criticality to the business, the, the potential impact of, of a given breach or of a downtime. Um, risk-related decisions are being handled like other strategic decisions uh, with a more methodical and, and scientific approach. Um, and that requires some reporting of third-party risk at a more data-driven and strategic level than a lot of current TPRM solutions do. Um, secondly, the, the boardroom is not just looking at risk in the here and now. It's, it, it's a much more meta approach to uh, third-party cybersecurity risk. You know, it's considering the healthcare organization's long-term vendor risk strategy uh, with questions like, how should contracting criteria evolve with our third parties? How should uh, risk factor in before, before a contract is signed? Every, everyone listening to this, every practitioner knows that is one of the hardest parts about third party is, is not just getting involved once the, you know, the asset is on the loading dock, <laughs> but actually being a part of the contracting process and considering risk before signing. Um, you know, they're asking, should standardization be a priority across sites and service lines, meaning standardization of technologies to decrease the complexity of the third-party sprawl that you have? Um, do we have a good handle on the most business-critical vendors we work with in terms of maintaining our business operations? Do we have efficient ways to communicate with our vendors in the event of an episodic breach or a broad industry-wide vulnerability to know that they're handling things the way that we need them to and informing us about um, what's going on and are we impacted by their problem? Um, do we have the capability to quickly switch to competitors of a given vendor that experiences a long-term ransomware outage? Like how complex is that, right? You have a really critical vendor that's for simplicity's sake, you want one single source vendor that supplies this critical function to your system, uh, your health system, but then they go down for weeks on end because of a ransomware event. Are you able to switch to a competitor? Are you able to maintain your operations through another third party? Um, and a lot of these, a lot of answers to these questions have tentacles into other areas of the organization that are out of the security leader's hands, right? So 
Um, that, that is an uncomfortable space for a lot of CISOs, but also is a great opportunity to engage those different leaders with conversations that are not technical in nature. They are business operations in nature, which is where you know, we as security people need to meet the business leaders. Um, and, and then lastly, I think the boardroom understands that, that digital adoption and digital risk management are equally important, right? There, there can unfortunately be an inverse relationship between the two, um, but the boardroom, I think, is looking for ways for the healthcare organization to simultaneously achieve its digital goals while containing its digital risks. Not an easy thing to do. Um, so all of this drives to that need for CISOs to be viewed as, you know, an executive level strategic partner with company leadership and not just that technical resource who understands vulnerability management and access control. Uh, you know, that trend certainly isn't new either. We, we've been reading that that's, that's the way it needs to go for years. But I think it's just accelerating more as the dependencies on third parties and the, um, the vulnerability you have to third party risk uh, just increases at, at the speed of business today. With all that in mind, Britton, what do you think it'll take to truly solve the third-party risk management problem? Yeah, so I think this kind of goes down the two dominating schools of thought in the TPRM space. You know, most more mature organizations um, are realizing we, we can't do this on our own, uh, do this, meaning manage third-party risk with just internal resources and, and spreadsheets. So there, there's usually some really cool SaaS applications or staff augmentation are kind of the two ways that, that in, um, organizations approach it. Um, and these, these SaaS applications, you know, their interfaces are really awesome. Um, they're, they're beautiful to look at. They, they do a good job of organizing data, but not necessarily at solving risk. Uh, you know, healthcare cybersecurity teams are having trouble keeping up with the scale of assessments. And even if they can get vendors to complete risk assessments, they, they usually don't have the resources needed to validate data and manage remediation progress in a, in a meaningful way. And a technology um, interface alone doesn't, doesn't fix that. Staff augmentation is another element that in our, in our view, brings value, but it, it also has clear limitations. You know, one, one glaring problem with that approach is a lack of healthcare-specific expertise. Uh, the outsourced teams that are, are managing vendor assessments need to understand the unique nuances and limitations in healthcare to provide the level of quality expected in, in outsourced risk assessment. But another major issue is that it's, staff augmentation is inherently functional as opposed to strategic. We tend to throw more people at a TPRM problem that scales well beyond the capacity of only human resources. Um, you know, healthcare organizations need to fill the gap between operational and strategic metrics and data to satisfy some of those board level directives and, and, and truly manage risk that we've been talking about. And staff augmentation on its own is more like plugging your fingers in the holes of an overflowing dam. You know, it doesn't necessarily come with a methodology that ensures standardization and organization, which I think is a prerequisite to, to meaningful board level risk data. So kind of at the heart of the, of the question, I think solving TPRM takes a, a marriage of technology and human intervention that, that focuses on assessment velocity and efficiency, data validation and integrity, and both operational and strategic risk metrics. Um, and, and then most of all, solving TPRM takes a commitment to experience that treats the healthcare organizations and their vendors as partners, not numbers, not adversaries in a, in a due diligence process before contracting but actual partners. And, and it, because this is a strategic issue that uh, requires us to work in partnership together to address. 
Um, there's also a lot that can be said for proactiveness. You know, the more that healthcare organizations um, can set expectations up front for what vendors need to do to prove their security posture, um, and 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 every both parties know that before before the contract, but before even RFP, right? The better. Um, doing that instantly shrinks the length of the contracting cycle for everyone involved and reduces operational burden. But in order to do that, there has to be this commitment to cooperating uh, on, on what requirements need to be in place. Um, and that's where some of the partnership theme, I think, uh, I think comes from. Absolutely. Now, what are some predictions you're comfortable making for what lies ahead in the third-party risk space in the next five or so years? This is a cool topic to me. And I think it, it is actually a space where we can create a relatively accurate read on some things that will happen um, over the rest of the decade, I would say, uh, based on looking back at trends that got us to this point. So it's not just wild guessing. It's kind of if you look back at some trends that led to where we are today, it's it's pretty easy to go, hmm, I think these things are going to happen in the next you know eight years. So um, if you look back, there are distinct events like the Affordable Care Act that put an emphasis on you know value-based care and reimbursement models um, or meaningful use that financially motivated healthcare systems to digitize their EMRs. These and, and many other events introduced that technology explosion that we've talked about in healthcare and created all kinds of new third parties in the ecosystem. And that explosion resulted in the risk sprawl, the risk sprawl that I mentioned earlier for many healthcare organizations who were relying more and more on these third parties and technology providers to run you know, super critical aspects of their business. Um, in response to that, healthcare organizations started building TPRM programs and trying to figure out more efficient ways to manage this problem, uh, which is a very complex problem. And then, as I mentioned earlier, that technology boom is outpacing security right now. But I think we're nearing the turning point where we're about to start to catch up. So knowing some of that history, I know I didn't answer your, your question up front. I gave you a, a little <laughs> bit of a history soapbox. But I think if you start there and you can take that into three distinct areas um, that make it a lot easier to forecast what lies ahead. So those, those three areas are um, healthcare industry trends that, that lead to um, technology advances that introduce more vendor risk. That's number two. And then number three is the way that TPRM programs evolve to respond to you know, technology advances and more vendor risk. Um, so for the first one, healthcare industry trends, um, yeah, I believe this one is no surprise to anyone. We'll see cloud-hosted platforms and third-party vendors actually become the primary custodians of EPHI. You know, we're, we're still in a world where most of us live in the on-prem world and we're starting to look at you know, maybe we should ship some of our workloads off to AWS or whatever. I think uh, by the end of the decade, the, the systems, the healthcare systems themselves will not be the primary custodians of EPHI. Um, I think we'll see a, a HIPAA overhaul or if not HIPAA, um, certainly regulation, some form of regulation at the state and federal level that places much more emphasis on cybersecurity in general, but also third party and supply chain cybersecurity risk and enforcement. If you keep up with, you know, executive orders and, and CISA and some of those things at the federal level, you're not exactly being a fortune teller to, to make a prediction um, in that regard. Um, 
in the technology explosion and vendor risk area, I think we'll see vendor breaches take the number one spot in terms of volume and frequency of breaches, which correlates pretty cleanly to them becoming the primary custodians of PHI. Uh, I think we'll see medical device and health IoT risks escalate and come under increased scrutiny. I think we'll see the continued emphasis from attackers on that hack one, uh, hack once, breach many mentality with supply chain attacks and third and fourth party incidents. And then another one that probably keeps all CISOs and their uh, chief legal counterparts up at night, you know, class, class action lawsuits have already increased uh, in frequency and, and dollar. Uh, and I, I just I don't see any way that trend goes away. And that's going to put increased pressure on, on healthcare entities and vendors to invest in cybersecurity protections and to kind of prove the, you know, you did uh, due diligence or industry standard, you know, whatever those terms mean to whichever lawyer you happen to be talking to. Um, and then finally, in the area of the way that TPRM programs will evolve to meet the uh, technology uh, boom, uh, I think we'll see consolidation of a very fractured TPRM solutions market. I think TPRM programs will move away from questionnaire-centric models towards assurance models via certifications and other validation vehicles that vendors can get proactively to scale to full coverage of their vendor portfolios. Um, I think we'll see greater fourth-party risk monitoring and mitigation capabilities as automation increases and allows us to scale our coverage. And then finally, and I think most importantly, I've I've mentioned it a couple of times, I think vendors will begin to change the dynamic of the client-vendor relationship in the security due diligence phase of the vendor lifecycle to one that's uh, more about partnership. I want to follow up on that a little bit. Now, what do you mean by change the dynamic of the client-vendor relationship, and why is that important? At uh, Metatology and our sister company, Coral, um, we see significant potential to enhance value on the vendor side of the contract. Vendors can and should be treated as more than an incidental participant or worse, an adversary in the security due diligence process. Um, Their security posture is, is important to their own survival as a business. And as more third party, fourth party and supply chain breaches occur, Healthcare organizations are becoming more aware that a vendor's security posture is, is vital to the healthcare organization's survival as well. So more and more, security is becoming a value differentiator in, in purchasing decisions for healthcare organizations. And vendors are aware of this. You know, they're, they're not blind to this. Most of them want to be able to prove that they're doing the right things for security because they know that doing so provides its own rewards. Um, you know, the faster they can provide assurance of their security posture, the faster they can move to contracting and and revenue from their clients. So going back to the answer a moment ago about predictions for the next five five plus years, uh, I think vendors are going to play an active role in driving assessment and assurance standards that create less variance and cost for providing cybersecurity assurance to the market. And, And they'll do this because they're so exhausted by the current state of overwhelming inquiries into their program and because you know, they want that, that common way to prove their cybersecurity posture so that they can access a faster path to contracting and revenue. Um, but the reason that partnering at a strategic level is so important is because vendors can't make this move to quickly proving security assurance without their customers providing more of a uniform approach to TPRM. Uh, the more that, you know, healthcare orgs can, can help provide consistent upfront requirements in terms of proving their security posture, the quicker that both sides can proceed towards the value they want. 
for healthcare organizations, that value is, is implementing a solution that enables uh, better patient care outcomes or business processes. For vendors, that value is quicker path to revenue and, and you know, moving on to the, the next potential customer. Uh, so vendors are, I think, much more motivated to participate in solutions for this TPRM problem than maybe many healthcare organizations realize. Um, and, and we believe vendors are absolutely key players in elevating the security posture of the entire healthcare system. You know, we can't solve this problem unless healthcare orgs and vendors collaborate. And, you know, we'd love to be at the center of that collaboration as, as, as this continues to evolve. That makes a lot of sense. And Brayden, if our listeners would like to know more about Metatology and what you do, how can they get in touch with you? So as I mentioned, uh, we're, we're sponsoring today under the, the name Metatology. We also have a sister company called Coral. Uh, Metatology is a, is a consulting risk management, cybersecurity risk management and privacy firm. And then Coral is a specifically dedicated third-party risk management um, uh, technology and services company. Um, so definitely you can check out our websites, metatologyservices.com. Uh, and on the Coral side, it's called coraltech.com. Definitely go check those out. Uh, if you want to reach out to me personally, uh, my, my job as, as um, the senior director of product strategy is, you know, I, I, I'm only a few months into the role and um, I came over from, you know, leadership roles at a, at a very, very large healthcare provider system. And my job is to kind of be the voice of the practitioner as we build new, new product. And it's a really exciting thing. And part of what I need to do is continue to talk to people of my ilk so that uh, I know what problems you're facing. And, you know, if you disagree with some of the, some of the things that I said today and you have a different point of view, like that's the kind of stuff that I want to hear so that we can uh, build better things. Um, so please don't hesitate to reach out to me on LinkedIn, Britton Burton. I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Um, and, and talk to you about uh, about your perspective on these, these things. Well, Britton, thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for all of your insights, and special thanks to Metatology for sponsoring this podcast. Have a fantastic rest of your day.